0: This is Konzen Shu, the podcast, episode four hundred fifty-seven for the week of November fourth, two thousand eighteen. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Konzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Konzen Shu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike. You may see me around as Vegito Ex. You can just call me Mike. I am here to uh, kick off this episode and wrap up this episode. But I am not the only one you will hear from this episode. Joining me to talk the canons, Jake Herms will be here shortly. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, been a long time since we talked about that, uh, but I wanted to do it in light of some recent terminology that we finally got the uh, the equivalent Japanese text for of. Uh, and kind of put that in line with some of the previous statements we've had. So what we're doing this episode is we're looking at the actual concrete, like really, truly written on a page, maybe sort of kind of thinking about one day approaching the thought of maybe taking a stance on declaring if something counts in the Dragon Ball universe. Did someone just say that it is canon. Well, maybe, maybe they did. Uh, we have about five or six really good examples from the history of the Dragon Ball franchise and its production. People uh maybe, again, saying something similar to that. We're gonna break down the Japanese terminology, uh how either we've adapted it here in Kansu into English, or in the case of uh actually the most recent one, uh the 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 word canon actually got in there. In English. Uh, what does it say in Japanese? Why does it say that in English versus Japanese? We're going to break it all down. That's our topic of this episode. I actually don't want to delay things too much further because I just got done having that exact conversation and I thought it was really good. And let's just get right on into it. And I'll wrap things up here on the flip side. So enjoy the talk. Myself, Mike and Jake Herms talking about the cannons. Let's go. <laughs> It has been 10 years since the last time we talked about the cannons here on our podcast. Uh, I think so. Anyway, uh, the last time that I see Digging Through the Archives was episode 145. Uh, almost exactly 10 years ago, back in September 2008, so a uh, l- little close, a little off. Uh, back then, we talked with our buddy Desiree about canon in the series. Think about what was going on and in 2008. We were just getting the Jump Super anime Tour special. Uh, there was no Battle of Gods. There was certainly no Dragon Ball Super. Uh, there was no Xenoverse. Uh, the, the timelines were not as expansive as they are here in 2018. So we're going to reapproach this subject uh, here with me today. It's Jake Herms, sir. Hello. Hello. What I want to do here is approach this uh, basically uh, from an out of universe perspective. Uh, We're going to look at the very, very few but actual legitimate comments that uh, producers, writers, um, I guess you could even say promoters. uh, We're going to look at a press release. uh, Things that people have actually said that uh, that approaches the maybe consideration of saying (laughs) <laughs> something is canonical. Uh, we've got you know, four or five pretty good examples here. Uh, and then you have a couple other things you want to throw into the mix, which I think is good. I want to approach this because uh, we've recently gotten one more example that I think is good in light of Dragon Ball Super as we head into the Dragon Ball Super uh, Broly movie. Now, Jake, I have been relatively, I'd say, steadfast in my there is no canon declaration for a few years at this point. And I say that, but uh, I'm kind of, I don't know, like I I say it, but I'm also looking to uh, keep that conversation going. I I say that and it sounds like I'm shutting down a conversation. I don't really mean it that way. I'm usually looking to pull something out of someone. I kind of have this checklist of examples I like to go through when we have that conversation. Uh, Maybe from your perspective, uh, because people have heard me talk about this before. There's really, again, we're going to talk about some of these examples, but there's really nothing that there is no holy book that says here are the accepted truths of Dragon Ball.
1: Yeah, and so one problem that we're going to run into throughout this conversation is the language barrier between how, you know, fans in the English-speaking fandom toss the word canon around, whereas in Japanese fandom and the official side of things on the Japanese side, they don't actually have that word. They have things that are kind of equivalent, but it's not necessarily a one-to-one correspondence. So, for instance, they will sometimes, like the English word canon, which is from Latin originally, but anyway, so they will sometimes use that word in Japanese, but it's primarily, when it comes to works of fiction, it's primarily associated with, like, Star Wars or Star Trek, and, you know, so series like those that actually do have what would be defined as a very strictly defined official canon where rights holders to star wars have actually put out lists saying like here are the tie-in works that are considered canon and you know and everything else is not and you know they have their different tiers of canon and which i believe you talked about last time with desiree but anyway so the short of it is is that the actual official rights holders for star wars will toss around the word canon to the same extent that fans do whereas with Dragon Ball it's tricky because well for one thing, the traditionally the rights holders have not um, been into making those sorts of definitions. And even in the cases that we look at where they kind of are getting into the, that area, they won't use the, they don't use the English word canon, they use various words which could potentially be translated into English as canon.
0: And we'll see one example where they actually flat out did that when the licensors did that exact thing.
1: Yeah, I guess this might make it easier to say that. So from the outset, they don't use the English word canon in Japanese typically with Dragon Ball, rather what they use with Dragon Ball and also with a lot of other anime and manga and whatnot. The usual term that's equivalent to what we in English would call canon for fiction is uh, seishi, which is literally like the true or correct history. Mm,
0: Okay. Yeah. History pops up a lot in, uh, in, in the writings here and even in our translations. Uh, that's a good point. Just, uh, bounce off that as well. Uh, you know, you're saying the rights holders, there is like a collective rights holders for Star Wars, for Star Trek that, that can hand down this. Dragon Ball certainly has that. We, we have Shueisha, we have Toei, uh, as we're going to see with a lot of these examples you don't even necessarily know who it is within those organizations that's saying it. And you might not even necessarily know which organization in the first place even said it, but we certainly got that word from them.
1: Yeah, it's not. there's not a central uh, council in the same way that there is with some of the, these other franchises.
0: Oh, geez, we say that, but now we have the Dragon Ball room. Maybe they're the, uh, the final authority on Dragon Ball canon. Uh, maybe they will come out with a uh, said holy book. I just want to set things up uh, one kind of like final time before we get into it. Uh, things we're not going to talk about this time, which we kind of talked about 10 years ago, uh, things like the type and extent of the involvement of people like Akira Toriyama himself. Uh, we're not going to talk about what it means when something comes out and then overwrites a previous version, uh, something like the first two arcs of Dragon Ball Super retelling the theatrical films. Uh, we're not going to talk about supplemental material, things like guidebook statements, regardless of whether it's new information or contradictory information, etc. We're not going to talk about that stuff. We're going to talk about the actual statements that have been said that kind of hint at canonicity, continuity, official history, that kind of stuff. Uh, Jake, let's start here. Uh, actually, <laughs> at the end of the original serialization, almost uh, 1995, Daisenshu 6, the movies and TV specials volume. Uh, we have a comment here from Akira Toriyama himself, his uh, super interview here. He's talking about the movies as stories in a different dimension. Uh, I'll just read the, the very short Q&A here and you can tell me about the wording. Uh, the question is, what is your personal stance on Dragon Ball's theatrical films, sensei? And Toriyama says, I take the movies as stories in a different dimension from the main story of the comic. I'm entirely just an audience member for them. So uh, we've seen in his various interviews where he said, Oh, I don't even go see my own movies or I've gone. I've been very embarrassed to go see them. I'm, I do my designs, but I'm hands off. I let, you know, the the animators do their job. That's effectively what he's saying here, but he does say that whole, they're in a different dimension. Uh, What's the word or series of words he's using here and how do you interpret this
1: See, in japanese uh betsu jigen which very literally just a separate dimension and so jigen it's also like the word they'd use for um in the series when they're talking about the different timelines they call them some at some points they call them dimensions mm-hmm. and jigen is the word they use for that okay so it is actually used in like works of fiction as a term for, like, parallel dimensions or parallel timelines. sure. But in this context, I mean, I'm not even sure if he's meaning it that literally. Like, do, does he consider, is he cons- talking about things from a in-universe perspective where it's like, well, you know, you have one dimension where it's the manga timeline and then another dimension where it's the movies? Or is he just kind of saying, it's like, well, you know, the, these movies, they're a different thing than the the series that i'm working on yeah because he you know he follows it up with a statement saying that for them i'm just an audience member he says oh they're a different dimension and he doesn't follow that up by saying like oh you know they're a different timeline etc etc he instead he says it's just a thing that i watch it's a thing that i'm not actively involved in
0: right he doesn't go on to say well this is the timeline where goku defeated vegeta on earth and this is when Talas came like he doesn't go on to then contextualize it As this alternate timeline, it's just, yeah, they they happen over there and and I watch them.
1: Yes, I think it's just a fancy way of him saying the movies are their own thing. And I don't think he's got anything in his head worked out more detailed than that.
0: No, no. And for the longest time, this is something I've talked about before. This was... Like one of the only statements we had, but it was also the most obvious statement we had. Whereas, yeah, the movies, like clearly they don't work with the manga. We all know this. We all recognize this and that it's just a state of being. That is what they are. Okay. so then why don't we jump to all the way to 2004, almost a a 10 year time span here. Uh, This is the Dragon Ball GT Dragon Box. Uh, Again, Akira Toriyama himself, his introduction to to this dragon box here. And he's talking uh, about a variety of things here. He drew Super Saiyan 4 Goku, which was not designed by him. It was designed by Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru. So he drew it here. For GT, all he did was come up with the title, design, the initial main cast, some of the machines, also some images However, I was able to rest easy handing things over to the excellent staff, all the stuff that we were kind of just talking about. And then he wraps it up saying Dragon Ball GT is a grand side story of the original Dragon Ball, and it'll make me happy for us to watch and enjoy it together. Jake, the interesting thing here is the side story is in English. So what's the context here?
1: Yeah, so I was saying earlier that in Japanese, when they talk about what we'd in English just dis- use the term canon, they often say uh, seishi, like official history, yeah, or seiden, which is kind of also another way of saying the same thing, like the true legend or true story. And so, but the opposite, you know, on the flip side, it, you know, if those words mean canon, what they use the words they use for non-canon is like instead of Seiden, there's Gaiden, which is the outside story, or a side story, you could say. Or they might say instead of the Seishi, the true history, they might call it a parallel world. Mm. And so here, again, so in that context, it's interesting that Toriyama would say side story, although in this case, he's using, like you said, the English word, literally the English word side story, instead of Gaiden, the Japanese word side story. And I found somewhat contradictory explanations on what the different connotations of Gaiden versus side story are. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes there'd be side stories. You know, in English, when you say something is a side story, you, it would generally mean the same continuity, but just
0: right, right
1: something on the side. Like, you know, the main story is these guys doing their thing, but then here's, like, something else going on at the same time, but... Not directly related. Yeah, you know
0: what that reminds me of is uh, all the One Piece chapter title pages where those are actually happening during that story and sometimes they add up to larger stories, Uh, but they're not part of the ongoing arc right there. It's just, this is the dancing dude.
1: Django, isn't it? Django. some
0: such... Here's Django over here doing whatever. And then Luffy and everyone else is over there. Yeah, th- I, that's what I think of as a side story. Sure. And even the Gaiden, I think of as, oh, this was happening. But then over on this corner of the world, this was happening.
1: But then sometimes they will use Gaiden in particular for stories that are like essentially parallel world stories where it's the same set of characters are based on them, but it's a different scenario than the original series. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, it would be what you'd say non-canon or at least- its own separate canon.
0: Or now that one's the actual canon. <laughs> I think, uh, again, something like Tenchi Muyo, where
1: yeah. uh,
0: TV versus OVA is like same characters, but different versions of a story, and one's the, the real one.
1: I mean, theoretically, you know, they're all just self-contained continuities, but there's an original yeah, yeah. Tenchi Muyo series that is sort of considered the main thing that everything else kind of branches off from. Yeah. So, all right, what, what do you think
0: Toriyama is saying here with Grand Side Story? To me, it was always just, just a very basic I didn't do it like I kind of helped with things but they handled it and 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 it's not my work but I'm not like it's not He's not saying it pejoratively. He's just saying they did this.
1: Yeah, I don't think he means it to be pejorative. I mean, he's saying, he's saying, oh, they did a great job. He's very complimentary. But it is interesting that he used this word as opposed to, well, another, another word he could have used. There's a Zoku hen, which Mm. we'll get into later, which is a sequel. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, there have been things like that have referred to GT as the sequel to Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, which, you know. Well, it it was. Yeah, I mean, it's set chronologically later i mean it's presented as the thing that happens next Yep, And yep. so, you know, the typical way to refer to that in Japanese is hen, like the continuing arc. Yeah, And so, yeah, so with that in mind, it is interesting that he would, wouldn't would use that term, but wouldn't say, say side story, which, you know, inherently does have the the side aspect in there. The sense that this isn't the main thing. This is some kind of... There is, even though he's saying they did a great job, that there is something a little bit like, not inferior, but secondary to yeah. GT. Especially here
0: in 2004, it feels like... So far off from GT, but it wasn't all that far off. It was still within the same decade as GT ending in 2004. Again, we didn't even have the Jump Super Animator special, never mind all this other stuff. There was no competing sequel continuity for Dragon Ball. So it effectively still was a sequel to Dragon Ball.
1: And I guess the other thing, of course, is that I mean, I guess for Toriyama, you know, there's a the sense that the manga is always going to be the central thing, the central sure. core of the franchise. And so, in that sense, that might be another thing that he's getting at is that it is ultimately not. A, it is something that was just developed on its own for the as a TV series. And we've
0: seen even contemporary with the original where they'll do something for the TV, but he never felt beholden to follow it. Uh, He went with Dr. Garrow, regardless of what they did with uh, filler in the original Dragon Ball TV series, Uh, even as recently, I say recently, as Bardock himself, where for 20 years, he very consistently described what he thought about that TV special. He didn't feel beholden to tell that exact story as is. So uh, I think he's just saying a similar thing here where it's I don't have any problem with this whatsoever. Like, he's not even prefacing it that way. He's just saying this wasn't mine in totality.
1: Yeah, I don't, again, like with Toriyama, I don't think he has any um, grand unified theory of continuity mapped <laughs> right. out in his head. But at the same time, I do think that he always inherently have a different, everything that he worked on will have a different feel than things that other people worked on that he wasn't involved in. And so I think that attitude does show through in these comments. Yeah. Well, I
0: guess that takes us to one of maybe the most interesting situations here, and that's Battle of Gods. I said we weren't going to talk about people's production, uh, their involvement. It is worth noting that Battle of Gods was conceived without Toriyama, and this is something that he was brought into and then effectively rewrote entirely, redid character designs, motivations, all that stuff. Uh, but we have a press release for Battle of Gods in July 2012, so we're still uh, you know a little under a year out from the the movie debuting here and toward the end of the press release it says a new story in the official history of dragon ball is born Neither a spinoff nor a side story, one that can be enjoyed by both children and parents, manga fans and anime fans. Jake, this is, I feel like, the most comprehensive one where they're saying official history, getting to what you're saying before. And then they also go out of their way to say, and this isn't a spinoff and it's not a side story.
1: Yeah. And so that's the for official history. That's the word I was saying earlier, the seishi. And then spinoff in this case is the english word spinoff as well as they say spinoff demo a uh, bangai hen which mm. is essentially a japanese word for spinoff which again it's kind of like a gaiden it's guy as an outside and hen as in you know it's kind of the term the japanese term they use for what we'd call a story arc in english
0: no oh, yeah yeah i was gonna say a bangai hen i feel like that popped up is that the the extra super chapters or the extra victory yeah, mission chapters
1: yeah that's the same term they use for that. So again, like... And that's another case something that's implicitly part of the same continuity but isn't part of the main storyline.
0: Right, right. It's, oh, here's what 17 was doing over here. Oh, here's what Goku's wish was to ruin Kaio's planet over here. Like, these happened but they weren't part of the Battle of God's arc.
1: Yeah, so these aren't... This isn't exactly the same words that Toriyama was using when he described GT as a side story but it's all kind of in that same area.
0: Yeah. I feel like this was... The most, I don't know how to describe it, like putting my foot down kind of thing from a stance of no, for real. This is actually consider this as part of the real story. Uh, As we saw with Battle of Gods, they went on to talk about it. I wrote it as if I was back in the day of writing the original manga. That was my mindset as I created this. Uh, Battle of Gods really was created and marketed as consider this part of as if it were in the manga.
1: Yeah, consider this the next part of the story, essentially.
0: Even though it was an interquel as opposed to a sequel. But
1: yeah, never mind that. But yeah,
0: (laughs) anything else to say about this? I I feel like this is so firm and and so true.
1: Yeah, I mean, this seems like I mean, for one thing, it is marketing. But yeah, they are hyping up this movie by saying that it is the next part of the story, a continuation of. Of the original series doesn't matter if you like the manga or the anime it's it's for everybody it counts yeah so they're hyping it up by saying that
0: this is not a particularly important one but I think the fact that it uses a particular phrase is why I wanted to include it uh, it ties back to Bardock who I mentioned a little earlier uh, this comment comes from naho Oishi the author of episode of Bardock who later went on to do uh, Dragon Ball or was already actually doing Dragon Ball SD uh, she's kind of unfortunately stuck. Doing all that by herself over there that no one's paying attention to. She gets to do one joke per chapter. Poor Oishi. Uh, so, Episode of Bardock got a couple collected editions. I say collected editions, but it's always packed in or tucked inside something else. This was the Super Kanzenban release of Episode of Bardock, which was this little extra separate book that did contain the entirety of it. Uh, her introduction to to the episode of Bardock Super Cons Bond, She's talking about how she recorded it. She loved it as a kid. So I was just absurdly happy and fired up to be able to draw a Bardock what-if story. I included it because it had that exact phrase, what-if story. Uh, it's different from Gaiden. It's different from side story, but it's kind of the same thing.
1: Yeah, and in Japanese, it's it, instead of what-if story, it's just if story.
0: Yeah, you, you'll see if a lot. I think there was a Fire Emblem game that had Fire Emblem if- as its title, uh, people get confused <laughs> by that. If what? That's their way of saying our, our what if. Yeah. But it's it's very clear what uh, episode of Bardock was, where it was, this isn't. What happened, but maybe let's have fun with it and consider w- what may have happened if this instead happened. Again, I just want to include it because it, it included the word if and that was different, but in line with some of the other things. I don't have anything else to say about it.
1: Yeah, the distinction they have between stuff that like it's kind of similar to what the distinction we make in English between canon and non-canon. But for them, it's kind of more like something about the focus seems slightly different with the way they talk about it in Japanese Yeah, it's a little hard to pin down, but they're not saying that this is invalid. They're just saying it's like an alternative, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're not saying it doesn't count. They're saying it counts over here (laughs) as opposed to over here. Sort of. All right. Well, then let's move on to the big one, which is also the latest one. Uh, This comes to us from a couple different sources. We now have the Japanese text behind it. And again, that's what prompted why I wanted to talk about this. Uh, We've most recently seen it in English as part of the Dragon Ball North America tour. Uh, It's a giant timeline of the Dragon Ball chronology, uh, and it wraps up with Dragon Ball Super. Uh, I most recently saw it at New York Comic Con. Jake, now we have, like I said, a Japanese text for it here. Uh, some images were making the rounds on Twitter.
1: That's uh, where we pulled this from. Uh, where was this image in Japanese? Yeah, this was at the Tokyo Skytree exhibit, which just opened as a tie-in for the Brawley movie, and which has, yeah, this whole, among various other things, there's this wall exhibit going through the whole history of the series. And so, yeah, when it gets to Super, it calls Super a seito hen, which you could translate as a legitimate sequel or a proper sequel and that's mm-hmm. hen, which i was referring to like sometimes gt is called a hen, the sequel but now here they're saying as far as i know gt has never been called a seito zokuhen mm, and yeah, so it yeah. seems like it seems like that's what they're getting at. It's like well this is the proper see this is the real sequel right here Right, without naming names,
0: what they're trying to do is say this is the one that counts. We acknowledge that there's other stuff out there, but this is the one. Uh, and this got a lot of attention in the English speaking world because uh, it appeared to be translated by Viz for the Dragon Ball North America tour. Uh, it's got some of their name spellings, like Vegera in particular, shows up on the wall here. And this was translated as the canonical sequel to Dragon Ball, uh, how it was written out there. Uh, and we were all like, all right, we acknowledge that it says that in English. Very curious what it says in Japanese and until this point, we, we didn't know what the Japanese text was. Um, what's your read on this?
1: So this isn't the same as the seishi, which we we're mentioning before, is kind of the, the standard phrase in Japanese that's used for, like, canon. And I tried to find other examples of things that are referred to as seito zokuhen. And it doesn't seem to be that common a phrase. Like, I think the main thing I was able to find is um, debate, like coverage of the new game uh, Deltarune, which I guess is, uh, well, it... Is maybe or maybe not a sequel to Undertale?
0: Oh right, 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 right. sure, sure, and sure.
1: So yeah, I was finding articles that are like, oh, is uh, Deltarune a uh, a uh, Tozoku Hen to Undertale in Japanese?
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: And then there's some there's some other scattered uses. and so. So I guess the big takeaway is that, uh, as far as I know, this is the first time this phrase has been used to refer to anything in the context of Dragon Ball. So it's used on this wall. It's also been used to refer to Super in um, a few other promotional things. That came out, uh, one thing back in August, I think I had. It was some other tie in for the Brawley movie where okay. they're just, I don't know, you know, one of those various marketing things. And it's just referring, you know, it has a, a little paragraph explaining what super is. And it uses the exact same phrase, the Seito Zoku Hen. Gotcha. And so, yeah, so I don't know when the text, you know, this, this exhibit at the Tokyo Sky Tree just opened in November. I don't know what. Like, obviously, this text has existed in some form prior to that because Viz was able to translate it. And so, yeah, it seems like somewhere, perhaps in the Dragon Room, there is some kind of, um, some kind of thing they've got outlining how they want Super to be described. And it seems that this term is. How they want to market it. So you're
0: you're saying true sequel, legitimate sequel.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with translating it as canonical sequel.
0: Yeah, I I feel the same way. I I think that word holds a lot of weight in Dragon Ball English speaking fandom. Uh, It feels appropriate. Uh, I think it just comes with a lot of baggage at the same time
1: yeah like the thing I was worrying about uh, before the Japanese popped up I was kind of worried that it would turn out that the Japanese phrasing was like a koshiki Zokuhen like an official sequel mm. like in which case like I I think that would be a really questionable thing to translate as canonical sequel because right
0: because GT would be the same
1: thing like yeah there's no there's no way you could say that GT is not an official product uh, yeah in that in that sense I was kind of happy to see that the um, term they used in Japanese was something where it's like yeah there's a it's more more reasonable to translate this as canonical than various other terms that could have been the case. Yeah,
0: especially if, if it's going to be as part of this tour and you're going to have lots of people reading it, like that's the kind of thing that makes sense to include in that context. So tell me a little bit. You said you were looking at uh, Japanese fandom discussion and uh, some of the words that they use, some of the phrases they use. Does it mirror some of what these discussions are over here in the English speaking world with some of these exact same phrases?
1: I mean, a lot of it does. There are differences. So like I was saying, the main term is uh, seishi, official history. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the time that is used for in the same, it is used in the same way that we would say canon. But then there are some differences where, like I was saying, the opposite, you know, in English, we'd say canon and the opposite of canon is non-canon. Whereas the opposite of this like true history is a parallel world. Mm. And so I find like all these discussions on is GT the true history or is it a parallel world, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Right. You know what that sounds like to me is that it doesn't have a negative associated with it. It's just a different category.
1: Yeah, and then the really the f- really funny thing I saw was um, somebody saying like, "Well, you know, technically speaking, the only true history would be uh, Trunks' timeline right. like, before, yeah. all the, <laughs> before all the time travel messed things up." So, right, yeah, like, we're watching the
0: wrong timeline.
1: Yeah, so it's like in that sense, you know, the the connotations for true history, it like it has connotations that the English word canon doesn't. Yeah, in yeah. that sense. And then another thing was that like sometimes like uh, some franchises they would release some uh, a true history that would just be a timeline so a timeline like a lot of video games i think zelda has done this Zelda
0: ultimately did yeah yeah
1: castlevania like here are the video games that are part of the true history these are the video games that are part of the timeline and anything else is kind of so not part of the timeline
0: these count me now just about these yeah
1: yeah so in that sense it's like um in english you'd say like well is this, is this, is this product, is this storyline canon? Whereas with this term official history in Japanese, sometimes you would use official history to refer not to the individual stories or products, but to the actual timeline put out. So it's like the list of stuff is the canon rather than the things that are listed there
0: well i mean doesn't that kind of take it back to the original meaning anyway like the canon is the the accepted list of truths
1: i mean yeah to a certain extent i mean if you want to take it back to the biblical canon that is a list of which books should be included in the bible or not
0: and that was all, even back then, you know, <laughs> ignore Shui Shin Toei. Back then, it was just some old men deciding these books count, these don't. <laughs> it's the same thing as the Dragon Ball room going, well, Broly counts now.
1: Yeah, that, so the whole the history of that is that, yeah, it started out as a religious term. And then, you know, Sherlock Holmes fandom essentially started using the term as a joke to refer to all the stories written by uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. And then from there, just spread to other fictional universes. So
0: it's people using a word that was jokingly used to refer to things and then just took on a life of its own and here we are in 2018.
1: Yeah, so there you go. So
0: those are the, the major examples of actual statements with words that again, somewhat approach someone maybe thinking about possibly one day declaring canonicity in Dragon Ball. Uh, Jake, we still don't have the, alright y'all, here's the list, here's what counts. We're, are we ever going to get that?
1: Yeah, I think the big takeaway tick- is that you know we've got these things that are kind of saying like oh Super is the real deal but on the flip side I mean apart from Toriyama saying GT is a side story they still haven't there's still n- not been anything you know coming out and just flat out saying oh yeah GT doesn't count or GT is officially not in the same timeline as Super right like even um, you know we had the Chozenshu guidebooks that came mm-hmm. out uh, shortly after Battle of Gods and those actually you know they have a timeline that include battle of gods ngt on the same timeline along with uh i think yeah, some yeah. a few of the move the old uh, dbz movies like garlic junior and various things like that so it's like i don't know you know you could argue like are they trying to say these are all part of the same timeline or they're just like well we know when these dates are, so we might as well just put them all on one thing rather than split up.
0: Right, and you'll also always see text in there where they ask questions that they don't even answer, where it's like, but this couldn't make sense, so, oh well. Like, they'll acknowledge that stuff won't work.
1: We still don't even have anything really acknowledging, like, all the various ways that it seems like this story of Super couldn't lead into the events of GT.
0: Even though it's pretty clear at this point, yeah. yeah. it's like,
1: be more trouble than it's worth to try and get them to connect. But yeah, I mean, we still don't have any real acknowledgement of that. And it'd be interesting, interesting to see if they're ever due or if they're just kind of ignored because, you know, they're pretty happy to milk GT characters for uh, heroes.
0: Absolutely. It's something I've been saying for years and it actually hasn't changed literally as of right now in 2018. I think to disavow, to discredit, to... Uh, sweep under the rug if they were to come out and say no GT doesn't count that kind of like gives fans a reason to not pay attention to it to say oh well that's not real so I don't need to think about it I don't need to pay attention to it no they are happy to continue selling you $100 Super Saiyan 4 figures they're happy to continue giving you new Super Saiyan 4 designs in Dragon Ball Heroes now we have Super Saiyan 4 Vegito uh finally here (laughs) <laughs> All these years later, uh, if they were to say GT doesn't count, I feel like that would work against their ongoing marketing plans to keep selling you more and more GT things like GT is as alive now post Dragon Ball Super as I feel it's ever been.
1: Yeah, and it'd be easy enough for them to just say GT is some kind of parallel world, which they've sort of done with Heroes
0: I was going to say, in, in Xenoverse itself, they also pretty much go out of their way to have Trunks explain, well, this was what happened over here, and this is what happened over here, and yeah, it's kind of different, but I'm Trunks.
1: Yeah, so I guess it's going to be interesting to see if that ever becomes something that's adopted beyond just video games.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, video games w- would be an entire separate subject, uh, especially the way the Xenoverse handles things. I was chatting with some folks about this, like, oh, we can talk about uh, Devil Corpse is like the official history and in, in video games the the way they refer to like the original timeline there, Jake, it kind of gets into what you're <laughs> kind of joking about with, well, actually the original timeline is strong. So like, what is the true official history of Dragon Ball? If you get almost into that in universe perspective, as opposed to just the, the marketing side of things, it's kind of a, a rabbit hole that you, that you can't win going down. And I feel like that's kind of always been my point of it, where I think there's such a, a more interesting conversation to have where you talk about what people said and maybe why they said that and how that fits into the larger franchise. I think that's an infinitely more interesting discussion. That's why I'm having it now as opposed to just shutting it down and saying no GT doesn't count. Like that that doesn't give me anything. That doesn't teach me anything that doesn't allow me to have a good conversation with someone Uh, I love it as much as I I think it's a a headache I I actually do genuinely enjoy it so uh, thank you for chatting about it here uh, Jake on the show that sure was a canon discussion
1: yeah so I think I think we established that if it's not written on a wall then it's not canon
0: (laughs) right there we go (laughs) all right uh, Jake thank you much sir Uh, we'll talk to you again soon here on the podcast
1: bye bye (laughs)
0: I already told him, but uh, I will say again, Jake, thank you for being flexible with my timing today. Uh, things got a little wonky in my schedule, uh, as they have been <laughs> quite a bit over the last couple months. I think I'm finally hitting a stride here with my, my regular availability and timing and scheduling in my life. is <laughs> a very good thing. Uh, so that means we can get a lot of stuff back on track, hopefully, as uh, we, we maybe think about wrapping up 2018 here. A lot of stuff we want to get back into. Of course, the Dragon Ball GT review of Awesomeness. We have some really cool stuff coming up later this month actually in a couple weeks uh julian's going to be back with me and we're going to be doing some cool stuff uh speaking of julian uh maybe we can do something a little extra uh here in the podcast and maybe something beyond podcasting in the future if you follow along with the content on twitter you'll see uh we recently got in some really cool pieces of dragon ball history the original serialization the fresh jump issues that have uh the two chapters of dragon ball boy and then the weekly jump issue with the original serialization of the adventure of tong poo if you listen to our dragon ball prototypes podcast episodes or you uh, checked out the prototypes page in the manga section the manga guide on our website you know all about these things um, we're really excited to have the 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 actual physical piece of Dragon Ball history in our hands. Uh, We're going to take a closer look at those and see what we can see. We already shared some cool typos and kind of like, I wouldn't say misprints, but different alignments in the printing there in the original serializations. Julian also got in the original issue with Pink, the Rain Jack story, Toriyama's one shot, where he discovered that two of the characters' names were flipped in all subsequent reprinting. So there's lots of cool history going on. So definitely stay tuned to our social media there to kind of Get those sneak peeks before we bring them to you on the podcast and on the website proper. Uh, Julian will be here soon. We can talk more about that and some other cool stuff we've been getting in. Uh, we're kind of like doubling down on acquiring things right now. It's getting a little scary because, I, I officially have zero more space on my bookshelves. I need to completely reconfigure this entire room. Uh, things are scary. Uh, but that's going to bring us to a close here in episode four fifty seven of our podcast, www.kanzenshu.com That is kanzhuu.com. I have been Mike. That was Herms here from a Uh, we have us, we have a Julian and we have a Heath as well who, uh, just broke the wiki for a while earlier today i think we're back on track oh things seem to be in slight working order uh again as of recording right now hopefully that continues um that work continues um i think that's everything right now more about all sorts of things coming in the near future here at Con and the podcast uh i shared the website i shared the people again my name is mike lovely chatting with you here this week we'll see you again next time have a good one bye So, I flew to Hawaii, and I, uh, I I, I don't know, I ran into someone. Hello, sir, can you please introduce yourself? Hello. Hello. (laughs) I guess that is your introduction that everyone knows. Uh, Hi, Jake. This is the first time we've ever actually met in person after all this time. Uh, Now that you mention it, I suppose that's true. (laughs) So, at this point, I have now officially met all of the other three. Um, Tell me a little bit about being out here. Uh, Everywhere I look... There's at least two languages, if not three languages, on everything. Um, How does this, I don't know, just for your daily life working with language,
1: uh, is it convenient? Is it confusing? Is it a bit overwhelming? I guess it depends on the day. (laughs) <laughs> but I do love seeing the um, those rack of magazines they had back there where it's like yeah. all the guides to Hawaii. And so you can see Hawaii written in four languages. Yeah. And then in, you can see how ridiculously complicated it is to write in with Chinese characters because they can't be bothered to invent an equivalent of katakana or, um, like, well, I guess they, <laughs> their equivalent of katakana is to repurpose, like, fully non-simplified kanji for their um, phonetic equivalents. Yeah. Anyway, I guess the point I'm getting at is that Chinese is a real nuisance. (laughs) Well,
0: I don't know. I just wanted to let everyone know that at this point, uh, the the Kanzenzhu uniting is uh, complete at this point. I now now feel complete. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Jake. Um, We'll talk to you soon, I think.
1: Okay. And they pronounce it Shaowei, which is really weird. Do they for Hawaii? Yeah, it's like it's the closest they can get.